0: Hi, thank you for joining us when I decided on June 30th that I wanted to dedicate the month of July to mental health. I had no idea it was minority mental health awareness month. So I don't know if you're listening to the whispers, you just get guided. And I really feel very strongly that we all need to have more open conversations about mental health. So we're bringing you some professionals in the mental health field, some people that can just share their stories that you might be able to relate to, so we can continue to do our best to make it okay to speak about mental illness, mental health, addiction, and beyond. So thank you for joining us. We hope you subscribe and tell somebody else that you think it might help. Thank you. Be well. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the last day of July. We are going to close it out with somebody you all need to know about. His name is John, Johnny Crowder. I'm already saying John. I don't know why because I love me some Johnny. I usually call anybody named Johnny, Johnny Bag of Donuts, by the way.
1: No, Am my I... sister has called me that before. I will take it.
0: Okay, cool. Nice. Um, you are the founder of Coke Notes. And I'm very excited about what you're doing because it's all about mental health. And that's the conversation that we've been having throughout the month of July. So I'm happy to be closing out with you.
1: Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me and reminding me that we have donuts left. Uh, my sister got me some for my birthday, and I just remembered that we have a couple left. So you're getting me to them before her. Yes,
0: I love <laughs> that. And happy belated birthday. We were Thank talking you. about a birthday parade for you. So if Johnny just decides to come out and say, I want to have a parade, I want everybody to drive to this parade. We should be celebrated. Now, you yeah. live in Tampa, right? Yes, ma'am. And are you from here originally?
1: Yeah, nobody believes that uh so I grew up in Oldsmar and if you guys don't know where that is it's like my backyard was Tampa Bay and I had no houses on either side it was like my house was on stilts in the swamp so it's like just about as Tampa as you can get and then I lived in Orlando for school because I went to UCF for psychology then I lived in LA um because I used to teach improv comedy believe it or not um and then I moved back to Tampa because honestly I've been to almost every state I've been to few hundred cities. Tampa has a lot of redeeming qualities.
0: Yes, it does. And I moved here from New York. And I love it here. Never Mm. going back. Not to say that I don't love my New York. Right. Never going back. Tampa Bay is amazing. So I do know Oldsmar because I had an office in Oldsmar on Pine Avenue. And when I first opened it up with the pediatric practice I was running, I used to call it Mayberry.
1: You Wait, you called the street that, the practice that, or the town? Oldsmore, yeah.
0: <laughs> it did. And now it's, it's grown even so much since then. But oh, yeah. um, there were a lot of weird rules about business. And um, I was like, I am literally in Mayberry. Coming, I was just fresh out of New York then. So mm-hmm. New York to Oldsmore, a little shocking for me.
1: Polar opposites.
0: <laughs> so enough about that. Let's talk about you. I want to know all about why you started this amazing company called Cope Notes.
1: Oh, my why is the same as as every entrepreneur. So if you ever see someone who, like, makes a popcorn maker, they're like, I was so sick of all the popcorn makers out there, or whatever. And, and that's kind of where I am with mental health. I, I had tried so many different mental health resources, and none of them felt like they were comprehensive enough, that they actually helped me without doing all the work for me, which is really what I was looking for for a while. And honestly, it was just, it was revelation after revelation about the idea that it's not only me who's experiencing these things, and it's not only me who would benefit from this specific type of help.
0: So I love that. And that is the the rule of thumb for the entrepreneur. There's a, a problem, we provide a solution. There's a something that's missing, we provide the whole to fill it in. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I'm sure that there's a, a personal story that I selfishly would like to hear.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to truncate it. If you want, you know, if someone's listening and they're like, I want to know more, um, a quick Google search, you could probably find out a fair amount. If you watch my TED Talk, that's like the longer version. If you have that kind of time, 18 minutes while you're washing dishes or something. Um, but I... I grew up in a home that had you know abuse and alcohol in it, and it really wasn 't uh, the the prime environment for a developing brain and I started really having trouble with a number of different diagnoses at a younger age and a lot of behavioral health issues but but i wasn 't really um diagnosed because I was so afraid of the words right like I was so afraid of schizophrenia like oh. I wouldn't touch that word with a 10 foot pole for so long. And I recognized that, you know, my, some of my tendencies were maybe reminiscent of OCD. Like I wouldn't step on cracks and I wasn't, I stopped touching my food. I stopped touching doorknobs. I stopped touching people for a number of years. So not handshakes or high fives or hugs or anything like that. And I think part of me knew um, that it could be OCD. And another part of me said, well, don't let yourself know that for sure. So I was trying to uh, bury my head in the sand for a long time. And after a behavioral outburst, um, to put it lightly, in high school, I started having to attend mandatory counseling. And that's when I really, you know, heard the words like bipolar, bipolar, I don't know bipolar. And I started like reacting very viscerally. Um, but I, I was in the IB program at Hillsborough High School at the time. And you could, you could choose psychology as an elective. So I I took two years of college level psych in high school. And the more I learned, the more equipped I felt. And the more comfortable I felt in therapy because I felt like I was actually making progress. So fast forward, I go to school, uh, UCF for psychology. I start doing uh, mental health advocacy through NAMI. And this is all the while I'm in treatment, I'm going to therapy, I'm taking medication, I'm reading all these self-help books and downloading all these mental health apps. And I mean, I was like, my full-time job was trying to get healthier. Because yeah. people don't believe me, but there was a point where I, you know, like I said, I couldn't touch people. I had difficulty making eye contact, communicating clearly. Um, and now people think that magically everything is different, but it's not. I still work really hard at those things. It's just momentum. After 10, 15 years of really investing in progress, I can use that momentum to continue living a healthier life. And it's, it's day by day.
0: Yes, so um, I love that. I love the story behind every company because once I know that there's a, a personal mission behind a company, um, I know that it's got a bigger purpose. So your, your company has a very big purpose. because There's a lot of people out there that are suffering. Um, I'm sober 25 years. I um, was suicidal. And um, my t- when I was 21 years old, I tried to leave this earth a few times And um, I've written a whole book about it. So it's like you, like it's all out there already. This is not the time to get into it. But I wrote it about when I was 25 years sober because I didn't even know how much trauma I had suffered through. And, you know, as soon as you said I didn't step on any cracks, I was like, that was me. Wow. Check, check. Um, so, but it, it really, until I put it out there because, you know, i I run two businesses. People didn't know me in this business world as somebody that was suffering at one time and still working very hard on my mental health. But I saw that in the business community, it was a, a much needed time for me to open up and start talking about it so we could do what we can to remove that stupid word stigma.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm really over that word, actually. Can we think
1: of another? Dude, that's a huge part of, you know, I love being in these like business meetings now and like at conferences because before I was, you know, I'm very, I, I'm covering tattoos. I listen to death metal. I collect sneakers. Like I'm a very atypical um, CEO. Like when I'm sitting down and talking to these people about um, leadership, they kind of look at me like, what does this guy know? And I look at them and I say, what I know is that, you 're judging yourself, and you think that um, power is not sharing your story, and you think power is having a stone face and keeping it together and being that fearless leader and I try to remind people of exactly what you said like you saw that sharing could benefit more people than just yourself absolutely and that 's what good leaders do. they think about what what is going to what is for the greater good. Of my employees, of our culture, of the company, and oftentimes telling the truth is for the greater good.
0: Well, you know, um, for myself, I used to go in and restructure medical practices as part of my consulting business. And I would leave these practices knowing that the physician that was running it was really just suffering from some type of their own mental health issues, and that's why they were yelling at the staff, and that's why the staff was never getting a raise, and that's why, and it was all just compounded, so, you know, because when it comes to uh, speaking to anybody about leadership today, me too, I get to unveil to make Mm -hmm. them feel more comfortable, and, um, you know, I put, in chapter two, it says, I smoked crack, like, let's, I know, I work with neurosurgeons, doctors, psychiatrists, But I want you to know that there was a time in my life that I was at the bottom. And if I can do it, you can do it. And you're absolutely right. Like being there for the greater good is really what this, like this is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be helping others. So I want to talk about Coke notes because I feel like I could talk to you for six hours about this. So tell me what sparked this idea.
1: So I I wish it was like, oh, I magically came up with it, or I was just such a genius that um, you know, I, I wish that was my story, but really it was frustration. Um so so what I had done is I was I was using, like I said, a bunch of different mental health resources, and I was reading um about intervention, like surprising the brain. And I was like, I want to write sticky notes and leave them like in my bathroom mirror or um, hidden in my workout shoes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the goal was throughout my day, like I go to brush my teeth, I look in the mirror and I see a note that says something that makes me think differently. Um, uh, What's that? Like I am enough. Well, even more like complicated kind of like stop and think kind of things. So they were, I can't think of a good example right now. They were much more um, casual because they were just for me back then, but they were really things that were designed to like make me answer a question or something or kind of go through an exercise. And so I'd have a couple of sticky notes here and there, but I started getting frustrated when I would realize, like I would clean my bathroom once a week and I would go to um, clean my mirror and I would be like, oh, I haven't even noticed the sticky note for the past four days. How did that happen? I put it there so I would look at it and here I am ignoring it for four days straight. And I I was reading about habituation, um, which is when your brain just gets so accustomed to stimulus that it doesn't relay it to your conscious mind. It just figures, oh, we've already processed this, so we're not even going to bother you with this. We're just going to toss it to the back. And I was frustrated because I thought I found something that was going to help me, but then my own brain was fighting against me and I can't just you know how you can't tickle yourself mm-hmm. it's very difficult to surprise yourself as well um so i i sent i thought um i wonder if i could surprise somebody else so i texted 32 people in my phone book um because that's as many people as you can text at once uh, or at least that. it was at the time so i sent a message to 32 people and it all said the same thing so it was one message
0: Let me introduce you to our super awesome sponsor, Thai Technology. So, just so you know, everybody, fun fact. I used to be a project manager for a telecommunications company in New York City, uh back in the day before I started working with doctors. But I have known Thai Technology and I am a family friend of this company. That means I trust them and I trust that you work with them. So, you know, I would never refer anything out that I didn't believe in. They work with um, some of the biggest physician groups across the country, but the best thing is that they're local. They're here in Tampa Bay, and they're from New York originally, so there couldn't be any more love than that. So, anybody that mentions the Doctor Whisperer podcast, or you're a client, you get three months of free service. Oh, check them out! Message
1: 32 people and half the people responded like, whoa, how did you know? That was so relevant to what's happening with me right now and here's why and I really needed this. The other half of the people said, whoa, that totally doesn't apply to me right now, but a week ago this happened or in three weeks, I'm really nervous about this thing. And I realized that the brain kind of um, justifies and tries to like stretch new stimulus to fit your own life circumstance. And that's when I realized, that the same message might be able to help a ton of people based on their brain's interpretation of the message. Mm.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm digging this because, uh, you know, I am one to send out random text messages um, pre-pandemic, <laughs> during <laughs> the pandemic, and probably post-pandemic. Just like, you know, I'm thinking of you, I love you, um, just some kind of support, because we're so busy in our days, especially when you're running business um, and whatever, you have like a life. Uh, that we, whatever. You know, whatever, like, you know, you have a life. You really do forget that there are people out there that are suffering. I mean, I've known a ton of people, especially in business, that have lost their children to an opioid overdose. or And these are people that are like, they're running big business, and they don't, they don't necessarily feel vulnerable enough yet to talk about it. And I think that, you know, having more of the companies like the one that you've started just opens that up for, it's like a gentle way in to having a bigger discussion. Because like, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have, look, I'll show you how many books, here's my meditation book, here's another, (laughs) here's another, right? I got some intuitive cards over here. It's a lot of work being mentally well. Oh, yeah. So you sending out these messages to people just to let them know, you know, that you're going to be okay more than that, right? I mean, I know it's more than that because I've gotten those notes myself and they're very complex, which leads me to how um, you, you have on your website positive psychology and that each note is reviewed by a doctor. So tell me about that or a therapist or whoever it is.
1: Yeah, so a lot of tools that I used before Coke Notes had those roles flipped. So, so at Coke Notes, we have a peer. Um, let me let me start the other way. So at other resources, they have um, all the content is created by doctors. And then they have a handful of peers review it. Um, and the way that feels as a user is often very stiff and clinical and cold and impersonal because, hey, they're doctors. They're writing what they know, and I'm not saying that what they're writing is incorrect, but I'm saying that the way that it feels makes me not wanna use the tool. Um, It doesn't feel relevant, um, and I can't really stretch it to fit my own life because it feels like a different dialect. Mm -hmm. And um, so at Coke Notes, we wanted to flip that. So we have peers with lived experience who are writing this, and then we have the review, so the edit, The approval, the um, combing through it to make sure that it's trauma informed or uses the right verbiage or is technically psychologically correct or it's proved on or it's based on proven psychological principles. We leave that round, all of that editing to our clinical oversight panel. So these are therapists, um, clinicians, or social workers. Um, These are people who are who have the letters behind their name. And I'm a peer support advocate. I am a speaker, I'm a mental health advocate, and I don't have, I'm not Dr. Crowder, right? So we need people on our team who can verify that what we're saying actually has a factual psychological basis. And I think flipping um, the order of operations so that peers are writing and the review is performed by um, these clinicians, make sure that by the time the text makes its way to the user, it still feels human.
0: I think we need more peers and less doctors. I'm the doctor who I'll go out of business. I've said this 9,000 <laughs> times on my show. I do think that we need more of that because the, the relatability comes between the peers. There's a a huge reason why 12-step recovery programs work. Is one person identifying with another and it's not run by any professionals and it's over 80 years old. Mm -hmm. um, And I don't care, I'm sure you feel the same way, maybe you don't, but I think you do. I don't care what gets you the help that you need as long as you're getting the help that you need, right? I don't care if it's Buddha, if it's twelve steps, if it's a psychiatrist, if it's a doctor, if it's medication, if it's not medication. You gotta climb Machu Picchu, I'm down, do it.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I think that we do need more peers. So I, I like, and that was you know, peer-based support, every text written by real people with real problems. Because that that is really um, community is just so vital. And we, as maybe what some might see as a misfit. without the MD behind our names, we have real life
1: experience. Yeah, I think uh, one of the most common misconceptions um, that I hear about Coke Notes is, well, are you just texting people like smile or something or, or be happy today or something like that? To which I always answer, that sure as heck wouldn't help me. So I would never in my right mind, um, right. send it to someone else, but- you another go
0: outside thing- and get some exercise.
1: Another thing that people often um, get confused is they'll say, well, why don't I just text my loved one every morning, something positive? And my response is, I don't think that that, I don't think that you are a weak person, but I do think that you're a person, which makes it kind of dangerous because if that loved one doesn't respond to you for a couple of weeks, are you really gonna do it every day? Or if they respond with something negative, Are are, are you really going to keep it up? And if you do, will that person feel so alienated and bothered by the context of your interpersonal relationship that they won't actually retain or engage with what you're sending them? Mm -hmm. And that's really what Cope Notes is trying to do is to be that third party. It's completely anonymous. It's completely confidential. We might text your loved one something that you texted them, but the difference is we are not their mom. And that's, in the, that's a very important distinction.
0: Well, well, I was trying to sneak in the, um, just go outside and exercise. Because a lot, you know, people that love me, that loved me when I was in my depression would say things like that to me. Because mm-hmm. they just didn't know. They didn't know that like, if it was that easy, that's what I would have done.
1: And it's not, here's what gets lost in translation a lot. Those people aren't wrong. No, they're not. Exercise can be great and supremely helpful. The problem is the verbiage, like the way it's worded, which is kind of one of the things that we specialize in, and also who it's coming from. It's It's not that it is unhelpful advice. It's that often it's either missing detail or it's missing tact or it's missing that unbiased third-party feel that makes it feel less like a personal attack because it imagine my mom says it to me i might think we well, think i'm i'm lazy i'm just some bum sitting around but if some third party resource says it to me i don't take it like that and it's all in my perception even if you say something wonderful if i perceive it incorrectly you did damage
0: well you're a 100 percent right i mean I, I can speak from my own personal experience I, i'm quite sure that after spending tens of thousands of dollars on me going to rehabs and then oh when I was 21 I got better for free because I had peers and you know a therapist and the right help and they didn't have to spend all that money sending me away I'm quite sure and when they think what did I do wrong you know what part did I play we need people that are not that close to us Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I I like to tell people like, I'll tell my stepson something 65 times. He'll hear it from a perfect stranger and think it's the best idea ever. It's the same concept. Oh, yeah. And your notes are really, really great. I have to say that I'm super proud that you're doing this. I love that you're uh, a young, hip, cool entrepreneur because (laughs) we don't want like a cheese ball, especially when it comes to mental health. We want somebody that like, that's it you know? Um, so is there anything that you want to share with the audience before we go today? Because I am thinking about their attention span.
1: Before we go, like, before we hop off,
0: before we hop off, before we start a parade for your birthday, whatever.
1: So I think I'll just make a couple quick points. Mm -hmm. Um, so first of all, I want to say, if you are listening to this and you are responsible for other people, um, whether you're a leader, or if you're a parent, or you are a volunteer in an organization where you serve people, or if you literally work in service, um, I just wanna let you know that it is not, it, it, this isn't completely on your shoulders um, to support other people's mental and emotional health because that can really hurt you if you think that you're, you're their savior, that it's your 100% sole responsibility. Um, that's what resources exist for. Um, Coke notes is one of many resources out there that are designed to help insulate you from feeling a hundred percent of that burden. No human being is equipped enough to lift everyone around them without help. Um, so I, I just encourage you, if you are responsible for other people, please don't think that it is you or nothing. It's you and a giant network of organizations and other people who are here to help you carry that. Um, so, so please don't beat yourself up. Don't break your back and understand that there are people out there who care and they want your loved ones or your employees or your students to be just as healthy as you want them to be. Um, so that's point number one. And I think point number two is if you're listening to this and you think, um, this doesn't apply to me, uh, you know. I've always been very mentally healthy and everyone I know has always been very mentally healthy. Um, I just wanna say in the most tactful way I can, you're super wrong um, because you have a brain inside of your skull and that brain needs just as much care as your ankles and your pinky toes and, and your entire body. So um, if you're listening to this and you think Coke Notes isn't for me, it's not relevant. I, I wanna respectfully challenge that and encourage you to at least go to the website Um, We have a podcast. Uh, There's tons of videos and and articles that you can find online. Um, And if you still don't think it applies to you, reach out to me and say hi, because I'd love to meet you either way.
0: I love it. Well, um, Johnny, happy birthday.
1: I want you to get
0: those donuts before your sister eats them. And um, I appreciate what you're doing for the mental health community. We need more people to um, come out. Of their uh, little shells and share that you know they they too might have suffered from some type of mental health issue in their life because we are all here to help each other so thanks for being here today I will have all the show notes and information of how everybody can uh, check out coke notes but I highly recommend them I think they're fabulous thank you Johnny
1: thank you so much
0: Don't forget to check out Thai Technology. Anyone that mentions this podcast or the Facebook show will receive three free months of service. TIE Technology. Check them out.